0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my amazing co host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace, how are you? Hey, Atara, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing
1: well, thank you. Well, I'm Grace Cross, I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the world's only global parenting magazine, and you could find me at thebabyspot.ca. Atara, I'm so excited
0: about our very special guest today. Who do we have? Grace, audience, I'm so happy to be speaking with Chef Julia Chebitar. Julia is a private chef in New York City and also the owner of the Organic Grill Restaurant. Julia works to develop and implement programs for both organizations and individuals creating roadmaps to well-being and wellness that facilitate clients' goals and vision. Julia teaches workshops and classes all over New York City in health, wellness, cooking, and Reiki. Julia works to craft dynamic programs based on individual needs regarding movement, increased mobility, pain and stress reduction, weight loss, fitness, and lifestyle education. You have the power to write your own story and develop the healthy lifestyle that you will bring out to the best version of you. Julia can help you get there. Welcome, Julia. We are so happy to be speaking with you today. How are you? (laughs) I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's exciting because, you know, I am particularly thrilled to speak with you. I I am like a very firm believer that everything that you put into your body impacts your mind. And you can't be physically and emotionally well if your food intake isn't balanced properly. So I'd love you to expand on that a little because I know that's part of what your movement is all about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. You are what you eat, literally. So the moment that you're putting chemicals and uh, preservatives and all of this crap into your body, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to be lethargic, you're going to be crashing midday, you're going to have sleepless nights or irritability or um, upset stomach or bad bowel movements and all of it is all interlinked, and it all starts from what you ingest.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you got started because I'm wondering as a child, did your mom teach you this or did you, you know, wake up at some point not feeling right and saying I got to make a change? How did this come about?
2: Um, well, so two ways. I grew up cooking in the kitchen with my grandma, and we grew up, we're Russian, so they grew up fermenting and pickling and jarring and canning and eating super seasonally. So when they came up to America, they were like, wait, you can get strawberries in December? Like, this tastes like crap. What is happening? Right. Is that Uh, even allowed? (laughs) Yeah, like, what? And, um, I grew up with my grandma's basement being, like, her garage was filled of. Containers of sauerkraut and pickled tomatoes and all of these fermented foods. Um, and then my stepdad's family—he, um, this is the reason why we have a restaurant. So his mom was diagnosed with lymphoma in the late '90s, and he quit. He quit his job um, as a practicing psychiatrist and moved to the Berkshires to a macrodynamic institute and, uh, I guess, like living facility. And they went fully macro, fully vegan, learning all about fermentation and gut health and how to um, eat a macrobiotic diet so your body can properly restore itself. And she went into remission. Oh my gosh. And lived for five more years. Wow. When she passed, he opened Organic Grill, which was the first vegan, organic, sustainable restaurant in in 2000 in New York, you know what I mean? Like that wasn't really around before. And we've been there now for 20 years and it's like a family run business. So it's like very much so ingrained in my upbringing.
0: Wow, yeah, Yeah. and there is something about fermented food um, that I know has healing powers. Can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Sure, okay, so um, fermented foods are really good for your gut health so doctors are now realizing that everything stems from your gut so if you have so the moment you take a round of antibiotics your gut flora is deplenished so you can notice things like you can't go to the bathroom um bad skin irritability hair loss weight gain um tiredness ache, all the things but everything is st- st- starts in the gut and then goes to different parts of the body. Brain fog, fatigue, um, any type of autoimmune issues can all begin from the gut. And doctors and nutritionists and all of the things are saying that by eating fermented foods daily, it helps restore a proper gut flora, which then if you have a good gut flora to begin with, you are more immune to... Different viruses, different illnesses, different autoimmune issues, and just day to day well being.
1: This is incredible. You know what I always find interesting is that if you own a pool outside, you'll test your pool daily to make sure that the pool is
2: balanced, but we're Mm -hmm. not testing our own bodies. No, we're not even keeping. I was recently having um, food allergies and I didn't know what it was. And it was just my hands and feet were itchy. And I was like, this is so strange, what is happening? And the only way to really hone down on what the issue is, is I have to keep a food journal for two weeks and notice what the food trends were. And that's really hard for me. I have a private chef, I cook something different every single day. And I try, and I try other people's food. So I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be the hardest thing I've ever done. And it was a little hard, but I, I realized like what we're triggering these things so
0: it's just it all depends on listening to your body listen and everybody's body is different i'm wondering are you familiar with this amazing book it's called the gut and psychology syndrome it's by um a doctor as well natasha campbell
2: no i'm not but now i'm gonna it's, be downloading it's it. an amazing
0: <laughs> book for really parents of anyone who have um an adhd child which seems like almost everyone nowadays um So it really, she also details in her book um, how she really had used food to really turn around issues like ADHD. I mean, she goes even into more detail, but she talks about um, dyslexia and dys dyspraxia and autism and how she really was able to like you know i'm not going to use the word cure that's a really strong word but really to keep things right under control because so much like you said of what's going on in our in our mind and our body has to do with what we're ingesting
2: 100 percent. there's been signs that say if you give your child cilantro with at least one meal a day there. um symptoms of autism can diminish so like it's not going to go away but there's there depending on the spectrum it can change
0: just cilantro that's so interesting how much would how much is the dosage on that i'm curious i
2: don't know specifically but there's something about cilantro specifically releasing something in um I don't even, I don't like even, it's, I, It
0: releases something when it's ingested. Ex- yeah, exactly. And it does something and it removes that
2: gut, the brain fog and it removes, um, oh, uh, heavy metals. It pulls the heavy metals oh. out of the body, which is shown to decrease levels of autism, spec- the spectrum of autism.
0: Right. Well, because I think that the whole idea is that every child and every person really has the ability or uh, to a greater or lesser extent Children with these conditions are are having more difficulty digesting things, and heavy metals stay in their body. I think at a longer rate. You know, I'm not a doctor, but just based on on reading a little bit, um, so these are the foods that naturally bring them out of the body.
2: Yeah, and and a lot of things like um, kids are misdiagnosed with uh, celiac, and uh, all all of these different things. So, like really knowing. Um, your children's food, inge- like, oh, another um, babies. Did you know that when you first start solids, I'm sure you guys know because you have children, <laughs> yeah. um, um, you have to start off one week with them eating the same exact food. Yes, exactly. And it's see, so important. Yeah, to see if they have any food allergies to it. And I didn't know that. So I had a client with a, with a newborn and we were, one week was just sweet potatoes. The next week was just peas. The following week was spinach until we noticed that there was no reactions and we could, you know, combine them.
1: Yes. And, and experiment with other foods. Like I find berries oftentimes, depending or not, if they're organic can cause uh, skin challenges for a baby if they're ingesting it. So it's good to just do it one week at a time. So, you know, okay, there's allergies here and taking that, like, tell us a bit about your clients in your restaurant when they're coming in there, they're not only getting a great meal, but they're also getting a bit of an education, aren't they?
2: yes um definitely especially in early 2000s um, I think people don't even didn't even know what seitan was what tempeh was what vegan like I love when it, you get like an older client that comes in and they're like vegan this is vegan and I'm like, yeah sure it's vegan just go with it um <laughs> but it's definitely in, like an educational thing like my servers need to know every single ingredient in each dish because there are so many food allergies out there currently and so many, um, food intolerances and the servers need to be educated on what is in the dish, how it's prepared and engage with the client to make them feel happy about what they're about to eat because food you eat with your eyes and you eat with like joy and food triggers all of these emotions and memories. And I want people to have happy memories when they think of my food. And I think that your food takes on, like when I cook, I think that my food takes on my energy. So if I'm in a bad mood, I think my food doesn't come out the right way. Oh, wow.
0: I believe that.
2: I, and that when I cook, I like You know, sometimes I'll chant or meditate or all of those things in order to ensure that whoever's about to eat my food, they have a good moment and a good experience.
0: So that brings us to um, kind of your all about the holistic approach to eating um, and to food. So tell us a little bit about Reiki. I always am interested in that. I'm not sure everyone knows what that is. I, I think that's something that you do as well. Tell us about that.
2: Reiki is just like a healing energy movement in the body so someone who's a reiki master or a reiki specialist basically puts their hands over you and is able to unblock your uh, chakras and move the energy to flow better and kind of just it's almost like a different type of meditative state and it's just it's just really nice it's like it's almost getting into that um routine of meditating for 15, 20 minutes a day. It just changes your perception and your thought. And if you were in a bad mood, it helps you trigger it into thinking about something positive and it changes your mindset and it just, you leave happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So is Reiki something you can do to yourself or do you always need to see? You you can. You can. I'm getting there.
2: Yes. Yes, there's different types of Reiki trainers and um, a lot of yoga studios offer Reiki training. Um, it's usually about like a week long training process and then you gradually keep going back and doing more and more levels. Um, but it's, it's definitely like a form of meditation. It's a beautiful. And it's all about
1: what you're about, which is balance. You're balancing the energy while you cook. And you're making sure just like your te- people should test their gut, they're also testing their mind and making sure their mind is balanced. So your body is in sync with your mind, uh, which leads us to some of your incredible classes that you're teaching. Can you tell and expand a bit more on this?
2: Yeah, um, so I do different types of cooking classes and events like all over the city. Last night, we actually did a four-course winter seasonal pop-up dinner. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, so we had like about 25 people come out. Um, the first course was a olive and mushroom pate crostini the, <laughs> with like roasted leeks and fennel. And then the second course was a... Um, a white bean and grilled radicchio and endive salad with roasted grapes. Oh, I love that. Roasted grapes. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. Something that no one ever thinks about. Right. I would
0: never even have, I was just going to say, I would <laughs> never have thought to do that.
2: It's so easy. Just toss it in a little olive oil, balsamic vinegar, some thyme, and roast it for about 15 minutes. It's amazing on top of the salad, on top of. Other Any
0: particular color is better than the other, or ah
2: yes, I think purple looks like the purple grapes look better. Um, but it's also whatever you have. And actually, there's a new grape out in the supermarkets that is so interesting. So if you see it, I recommend like, buying it. It's called cotton candy grape.
0: Yes. Oh, I love those.
2: And it tastes like cotton candy. Yeah. I don't want to know how they did it, but
0: it's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, I can't find them everywhere, but when you do find them, they're delicious. Yes,
2: yes. Um, and and you can third... put
0: them in the freezer, and they really do, like, taste and like... And like candy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're delicious.
2: Um, and then the third course was a coconut uh, curry with kabocha squash, sweet potatoes, parsnips, carrots, um, crispy sesame kale, marinated cucumber, and uh, chilies. So everything was really seasonal, locally sourced from the Square Farmers Market. A big believer in that. Um, A few weeks ago, we did a class about fermentation with uh, Cleveland Kraut, which is a um, sauerkraut company that you can find at Whole Foods or Food Kick or Fresh Direct. And we taught about 15 people how to make their own fermented foods and store it under their cabinets and how long to keep it until it's fermented. Um, Yeah, just a lot of different, like, easy hack classes. Um, Next week we're doing a class about how to throw a small dinner party in your tiny apartment. Oh, I (laughs) love this (laughs) idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's so amazing because we're seeing that people are going back to the dinner party. Exactly. Because think about it. We live in New York City. Well, at least we do. But (laughs) I live in a studio. Yeah, I live in a studio. Typically, for us to go out to dinner with a group of friends – well, let's be honest. This is an excessive expense, but it's usually about $150 a person. Tip, tax, alcohol, food. It's, it's a enough, But it's all because we have small apartments. We don't really have hosting areas. We don't do, have room to have all of our friends over. And then on top of that, have the time to cook for them. So we're doing a little hack class where how to do it in a budget under $150 with food and how to make this like three course family style dinner party in your, like right after you come home from work.
1: Wow. I
2: love this. And what do you think for
1: families when you're a busy mom or dad, is this going to help them as well?
2: A hundred percent. Think about how, yeah, because like you come home from work and, oh man, I didn't cook anything, but there are easy hacks and healthy hacks that people can do. Like going to the grocery store and picking up rotisserie chicken. Right. Pulling off that chicken, making taco night. Right. Build your own taco station. The kids are interactive. They're incorporating different vegetables into these tacos. But you didn't spend two hours roasting the chicken.
1: Absolutely. And that's time, especially for... there's dual income working families. So these are some great ways to stay healthy because I noticed during the week um, those uh, fast food restaurants during dinner time, when people are running their children to the sports or to music classes, it's packed.
2: It's yeah, absolutely packed. It's packed and they're eating so many preservatives and crap. But like make a taco station with a rotisserie chicken, they'll have tomatoes, they'll have carrots, they'll have corn, they'll have lettuce, they'll have all of these proteins and grains and you can incorporate so many different fun vegetables and all these things that, that they don't realize it's nutritious for them, but it's super flavorful and it's whole foods. That is my like, biggest push is that we're moving away from whole health supportive food. And we're going into quick, easy food that is shelf stabilized. If it's shelf stabilized, it's definitely not good for us.
0: Yeah, I always say to my kids, if there's ingredients that we cannot pronounce, then like, let's just put it back.
2: Yes. Ah, very I, good. I learned something new last week, and I can't believe I didn't know this. So I'm, and I will, I'm the first person to admit my flaws. I didn't know that on a nutrition label, um, it goes in order from the most quantity of the item. Oh, so like. Wow. Yeah. So, right. the so sugar
0: in- is your first ingredient. That means there's quite a bit of sugar in that. Exactly.
2: Item. Right. Exactly.
1: Right. It's just incredible to see that happen. And now what are you seeing? 2000, you started this, uh, the restaurant was started in your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice you're teaching people. It's 2020 now. Uh, do you see a shift toward healthy eating now with your clients and all around you?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm getting so many inquiries and so many people reaching out for healthy food, They don't know where to start. They didn't grow up eating this way. They grew up eating, you know, Stouffer's or pizza or all of these things. And they're like, oh crap, how do I pack a healthy lunch for my child to go to school where he's not going to have chocolate milk and a chocolate chip cookie and like a slice of pizza for lunch? And I have been noticing that more and more people are aware of what quinoa is and brown rice and different types of beans and animal protein versus plant protein and they are more in sync with maybe I should eat less um, animal products during the week or one day a week I'll go vegetarian or you know to help to help detox my body or to help the environment I feel like it is more mainstream now people are seeing it more via social media um, and it's becoming more and more ingrained in the school environment, I think also like school lunches are changing. Right. Um, There's whole
0: weed everywhere you go in school now. So I think that's come a long way. I think that people are also um there's more illness subtly and overtly just everywhere. People are just feeling less good. And I think because of that, there has been a moment of movement to try to figure out why. And I think that's where we're coming back to like, maybe it's what I'm ingesting. So it's really right. A hundred percent. Did you know, so, you know, like marketing
2: companies really know what they're doing. When you see, um, shelf stabilized bread like 17 grain enriched bread you're like oh so healthy 17 grains my kids need that it's actually the wheat grain is put into a centrifuge everything is pulled apart the um, nutrients are taken out and then they're added back in chemically and that's when they put in those enriched nutrients and those 17 grains they never existed They're all chemically put back in, and then it's made into a commercial flour that is then made into a shelf-stable bread that sits in a plastic bag. So there's so many different things in our food system that, like in the 90s, low-fat, fat-free, now everything is um, organic. But you don't know honestly know sometimes where the organic stuff is coming from. Like, if you can, what does that
0: actually mean? And who's certifying exactly, that,
2: right? Exactly. So the USDA only has to be 40% organic um, to be certified sometimes. And, and small mom and pop farms that are doing all the organic practices and have been for years can't afford the certification process. So I don't know if organic needs to be the top, top priority. I think it needs to be more seasonal, local, know where your food is coming from and know what you're eating
1: right can we physically visit those farms can we meet the farmer and their family and and really interact with the food instead of having no idea where the food is coming from and from
2: whom
0: and can we eat peaches in season and strawberries
2: (laughs) so i i think i think all of that has to is readily available in major cities like New York, LA, Miami, somewhere where there are really well-made farmer's markets with really good salespeople that do know where their stuff is coming from. And these farmers are really reaching out to the clients and to the people and helping. And I think, but when we do live in a major city, it's much, much easier to get a hold of these um, farms and really know who you're talk, who you're talking to. But there's also really, there's hacks in the city. Like You can get a CSA box, you can, on Fresh Direct, they actually offer a CSA box delivered to your apartment. Um, And it's like $30 and it's all seasonal stuff from two local New York farms. Um, There's hacks like um, uh, a co-op or there's something called Essex Farm, which you sign up and they do two delivery drop-offs in the city and they send you a Google form sheet of what they have. And it could be chicken, it could be eggs, it could be cheese, literally whatever they could have created on this farm that week that was readily available. And it just comes in a giant plastic Rubbermaid bin, still has all the dirt on it. It's so fresh, it's so great. And it's a husband and wife and their kids who run this farm. And it's um, it's, it's a CSA, you own a share, so you pay like a monthly... I think it's like $300 a month, and you have a share of this farm. So, whatever they have cultivated comes to your door.
0: And I think there are uh, farms like this really popping up all over the country because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I think there's a need. I want to talk for a quick second about sugar because I believe sugar is too much sugar is the root of all evil. And I agree. I'm wondering if you agree with that.
2: 10,000, like a million percent. I think that we don't realize how sugar and sugar derivatives are poisoning.
0: Yes. Yeah. And sugar substitutes, by the way, are just really deadly in so many different ways. So many different ways. You know, like one of my pet peeves is you'll go into... um vegan restaurant or establishments and they'll say you know everything here is so nice and healthy and it's it's vegan but if you start to read ingredients in order to make up for the taste they're just pouring in loads of sugar so i think that's something that people need to be careful about right when they're trying to eat vegan is to really like think about like let's just make sure we also need to adjust our palates so that we're not needing as much sugar to be satisfied and that really comes you can, you can, you know, adjust your palate in, I think, six weeks, they say.
2: Yes. And, and you grow out of allergies every seven years, apparently, as well. But I think that sugar, so just because, it's, again, trigger words, just because it says it's vegan does not mean it's going to be good for you. You know what I mean? Just because it's organic doesn't mean it it is, how, how organic is it? What are all the ingredients? Just like everyone's been pushing being keto, do you know what, after the new year, how many emails I got looking for a private chef to do keto? Do you know how many actually followed through? Like none of them. Because ingesting so much animal fat and fake sugars is, yeah, it's not okay. It's not a long-term sustainable diet. It's, it's you're, you're spiking your you're level. It's just, I just really hate trigger words and fads like that. People, once again, like I said before, you just need to know what you're eating. If you can't pronounce it on a label,
0: don't eat it. Don't eat it. That should be, that's our new Cardinal rule. So let's talk for one second for anyone of our audience who have not seen your adorable pictures. You are a <laughs> curly, <laughs> girly redhead. Yay. I am. I am. I really
2: am.
0: So tell us, how is it, what was it like being, uh, growing up not only with curly hair, but as a curly, girly redhead?
2: <laughs> so I'm the only ginger in my family. Uh, my dad's blonde. My mom is a, like black brunette, black hair br- brunette. And I came out a little fiery ginger with, with a very curly afro. Um, <laughs> so beautiful. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. No, I love it. Growing up, I, I was always different. Didn't grow up with a lot of redheads around me. Didn't grow up with a lot of curly redheads. Um, I completely embraced it. My family was always obsessed with my hair. I love my hair, I think everybody should embrace what sets them apart from everyone. And I, curly hair is one of those things that you need to learn how to get a cut. You need to know how to style it and you need to know the right conditioner. Oh, there's nothing more true than those (laughs) things with curly hair. You have to have that, right?
0: And
1: the cut, you have to find a great stylist that you can trust, and that you never leave each other. It's a marriage, isn't it, Atara? It's a marriage. I
2: agree.
0: It really is. It's a marriage with your stylist. Yeah, (laughs) yes, yes,
2: with the stylist. That's right. But I, but I love it. It's definitely my. No, my colleagues. I think her, it's, like it's, it's a trademark my
0: for you already. Yes, like it, yes. it is one of your very distinguishing features. And it's, yes. it's beautiful. And I think it's Thank it you. definitely, you know, makes you who you are, I'm sure of it.
2: A hundred percent. my mom has straight hair. Like everybody in my family has like thick, straight hair. And I have this like curly mane.
0: Right. So you just were destined to be different.
2: <laughs> yes. And I love it.
1: I love it. And also, uh, Atara's second book, Curly Girly Scott Talent. Um, I don't know if you've read it yet. It's fantastic. And what um, our main character, Curly Girlie, is doing in Atara's book is that she is really emphasizing. STEM, for young girls, for all children to get into STEM type of uh, careers. And we see when you are a chef, when you are cooking, this is a lot of math. This is a lot of chemistry. So it's really, uh, you know, cooking is chemistry. So it's fantastic. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And so to see you as a curly haired individual, just kind of promoting another STEM type of career path is empowering.
2: I love Thank that. Thank you. I oh. love that too. I, I, I am gonna read the book today. Can't wait to get home and open it and read all about it. Like I'm so excited. Oh. I love this. I love how empowering it is for girls. I think it's amazing.
0: Thank you. Well, you really also are a role model for women and girls, um, and really everybody in general. Just to like figure out how to find, I think what you're overall saying, which is what we always say on our show is find balance. So don't be somebody who's into one thing exclusively, be open, be flexible, and then try to be as helpful as possible because that really is the way to have a long and, and sustainable kind of, it's not a diet, it's a way of life, right? A, exactly. A way of life. So we exactly. think we're coming on. Tell our audience where they can find you because I'm sure they'll want to.
2: <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm uh, on Instagram at Health Chef Julia. And everything is Health Chef Julia. So if you type easy. in so Health Chef Julia, you'll find me. It's
0: <laughs> easy. Amazing. Well, it was really great chatting with you, wasn't it, Grace?
1: Oh, you're fantastic, Julia. Thank you so much. And you've made me very hungry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Thank check out her you. Instagram page. You'll get even hungrier in a good way. <laughs> All
1: okay. right. Thanks Thank so much. So and much. bye
0: for now. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, for bye you too.